أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page And inshallah ta'ala today we are on page 32 of the Quran Which is the second juz surah al-Baqarah just, just around the halfway mark of the second juz of surah al-Baqarah In the previous episode we had Uh, mentioned, I've actually taken the first verse of this page, page 32, because it was connected to the verses of the previous page, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the Hajj. And Allah azza wa jal spoke about a number of elements concerning the Hajj with regards to the some of the ahkam and the rulings and the rights of Hajj, but also with regards to some of the objectives and the goals and benefits of Hajj, such as the Uh, the goal of attaining taqwa and piety of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from those goals and objectives and from those amazing acts of worship that the hajj uh, is, uh, or that dominates the hajj is the dhikr of Allah azza wa and his remembrance and that is why in the previous episode the verse that we finished on which was the first uh, verse on this page is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْدُودَاتٍ Allah azza wa speaks about his remembrance in times such as the days of Mina, the 11th, 12th, the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th of Dhul-Hijjah, that these are days that Allah Azza wa Jalla has favored. These are days of that are superior in terms of their reward and in terms of their, in terms of their virtue. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages us to make more dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jalla, more remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon these special days. And this is the way that the believer is. They are a person who is constantly engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why our religion, a great part of it is to make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are numerous hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa spoke about the virtues of dhikr. From them is a hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, our father, that, that his father Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, when he met him on the night journey, told him that the seeds of Jannah are the adhkar subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. And the Prophet told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the hadith of Abu Musa al-Ashari radiyallahu an that the statement la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah is a treasure from the treasures of Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that this is the way of the believers. That in all times, but especially in times and seasons of worship, they are engaged in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the remembrance of Allah azza wa jal is found in the Qur'an, in the recitation of the Qur'an, is in the adhkar that we make, the du'as, the supplications that we make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on. Allah azza wa jal begins with the first verse on this page, or the first verse that we're going to take today, which is the second verse of this page, verse number 204. And Allah azza wa jal says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يُعْجِبُكَ قَوْلُهُ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا فِي قَلْبِهِ وَهُوَ أَلَدُّ الْخِصَامِ There is a man or a kind of man whose views on the life of this world may please you. He even calls on Allah to witness what is in his heart, yet he is the bitterest of opponents or the worst of opponents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about now the 
two types of speech. The speech that Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned in the previous episode as we as we covered. And that is the speech of those who are the believers in Allah Azza wa Jal, believers in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, people who believe and have Iman in Yawm Al-Qiyamah and so on. Those are the people who are engaged in remembering Allah Azza wa Jal. Their tongues are busy in the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And their tongues are moist in speaking about that and saying that which is beneficial. Beneficial for themselves, beneficial for others. And that is one of the traits of the believers. The traits of the believers from their characteristics and attributes is that they are always engaged in speaking about what is beneficial. So for example, seeking knowledge and learning knowledge. For example, the recitation of the Quran. For example, advising someone. For example, speaking gently and kindly to others. These are things that are beneficial. Beneficial for yourself in terms of reward. Beneficial for those people around you because you give them advice or you remind them of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you speak to them and treat them in a way that is gentle. Allah azza wa jal now gives us a contrast. And he says that from amongst those people, from amongst the people, there are those who use their tongues in such a way that even though it may impress you, and even though they may claim that what they say is for the benefit of others, because they want Allah Azza wa Jal to attest to the sincerity of their words by looking upon their heart, وَيُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا فِي قَلْبِهِ Allah Azza wa Jal says, and they call upon Allah to witness what is in their heart, meaning that what we say, O oh Allah, is in, in concurrence with what is in our heart. Allah Azza wa Jal negates all of this, and he says, وَهُوَ أَلَدُّ الْخِصَامِ but in reality, this person is the worst of your opponents. These are the people who came with the guise of being sincere advisors, people who loved uh, the Muslims, people who wanted good for the Muslims. But in reality, they are from the worst of the opponents of the Muslims. So for example, they are from the hypocrites who are trying to destroy Islam from within. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about two different types of speech here. The speech of the believers, which is the dhikr of Allah Azza wa Jal, speaking about that which is beneficial. And the believers generally, as we know, are people who are very mindful of their tongues and what it can lead to in terms of the sins that can be, that can be accumulated of lying and cheating, backbiting and slander, spreading rumors and so on. It is so easy for the, those things to roll off the tongue. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the believers are those people who are mindful of their tongues. As the Prophet told, وسلم, told us in the hadith of Mu'adh, when he said that the vast majority of people that will enter or one of the major reasons for people entering into the fire will be as a result of their tongues and what they say. And that is the reality of most people because they speak and they speak and they don't really think about what they're saying, whether it's true, whether it's honest, whether it hurts someone, whether it oppresses someone, and they just speak without thought. And likewise, anything which takes the ruling of speech such as in our time, what would be considered to be social media, where you're typing and you're texting and you're sending things. Those are different types and formats of speech because essentially it gives one and the same objective or it takes you to the same goal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the believers are those people who are mindful. As for those people who are hypocrites, those people who don't want good for Islam, those people who don't believe in Allah azza wa jal, those are people who despite the eloquence of their tongue and despite their claims of sincerity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that they are from the worst of opponents. And Aladdul Khisam is the bitterest of opponents, meaning that when they speak, they speak in a foul way. They speak in a way that isn't befitting because the Muslim is the one whose tongue is always pure. The tongue of the Muslim is, is one that is always clean. It isn't a filthy tongue. It isn't one that always swears and berates people and, and curses them and so on. And that is why the Prophet said, Inni lam ubath la'ana. I wasn't sent as a person, as, a, as one to curse others. 
The Prophet وسلم, you never hear in the hadith, you never see from his words that he swore, that he berated people, that he made fun of people, that he's slandering, that he's, because this isn't from the traits of the believer. Allah says, however, for the disbelievers, for those people who, who wish to argue, be, be argumentative, debate, they are khisam, they are people who are nasty in their speech, foul in their words. In verse 204, Allah, Allah Azza wa Jal continues and he says, Allah says, and when he leaves, he sets out to spread corruption in the land, destroying crops and livestock, and indeed Allah does not love corruption. This is the person who again is speaking with these words that are covered with, dripping with, with, with gold. They seem, they're very eloquent. They, they seem like they're very sincere. This is the person who, when they go away, when they turn away, when they're not in the presence of the Muslims, you see that there are people who are trying to do evil. If you were to follow them, if you were to be with them, you would see that what they're trying to do is spread corruption, spread evil, by telling and encouraging people to do evil, say evil, be do sin and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one of the traits of those people of people who don't have iman or people who have very weak iman. Allah Azza wa mentions elsewhere in the Quran in Surah An-Nur, Indeed, those who love that evil and indecency become widespread across the Muslims, amongst the Muslims, for them is a painful punishment in this life and in the next. And this is the situation of those people, that when they're away, they're trying to increase sin and disobedience. They want people to become neglectful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, neglectful and dismissive of the rights that Allah has upon them, their obligations towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rights of others that they have upon them as well. So they will encourage and they will, uh, they will cause to become widespread amongst them evil and sin, indecency, zina, drugs, alcohol, all of those things that lead people away from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says that this is the reality of those people. And then Allah says, and as a result of that, and here there is a very powerful lesson that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيُهْلِكَ الْحَرْثَ وَالنَّسَلْ And as a result, it destroys crops and livestock. Meaning that the evil and the sin and disobedience that you see that becomes rampant upon certain lands in certain times and upon the earth in certain generations, it is a direct reason for things like famine and drought and other types of uh, other types of, of hardships and calamities that may befall people. وَيُهْلِكَ الْحَرْثَ وَالنَّسَلْ It destroys crops and it destroys livestock. And that is because when there is more evil upon the earth in terms of sin and disobedience, Allah Azza wa Jal, look at the wording that he chooses, he calls it corruption. And when there is corruption, there are always results. And there is an impact of that corruption. And the impact of sin and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that things like rain are withheld. And the crops and vegetation of the earth are withheld. And livestock and animals become weaker and so on and so forth. All of these things have a direct or they are as, of, as a result of people's sin and their disobedience in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why in our religion, for example, when there is drought and famine, we have a salah, a prayer that is called the istikhara prayer. Uh, sorry, the istisqa prayer. And the istisqa prayer is the prayer to seek rain. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa would come and he would tell people to come out humble. 
come out fearful for their sins, come out in a state of penitence, of repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of seeking Allah's forgiveness and mercy. Because the rain that has stopped and been withheld, it is as a result of the sins of people, the evil that they've done, the corruption that they have been involved in. How do we lift off that sin and disobedience when the community comes together and individuals and they make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And so in our sharia, Allah azza wa jalla legislated for us a salah for this particular purpose when it comes to a lack of rain or a, uh, you know, an increase in drought and famine and so on. And so this is the general rule, therefore. Not only in terms of rain, but in terms of all calamities and difficulties for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there is no calamity that befalls you except that it is as a result It is as a result of that which you earn by your own hands, meaning the sins that you have accumulated. And so it is as a result of that that Allah then gives us a reminder through the difficulties and challenges and sometimes he punishes us as a result of the evil that we have done. And so Allah makes a link here between sin and between a lack of provision, a lack of rizq, a, a downfall in terms of your wealth and in terms of the provision that you have before you. The believer is the one who when they go through those difficulties, they make these connections, they see these signs and they understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them to beware of their actions. Allah azza wa says, however, for the disbeliever, they're the ones who when they're told about these things, they're given these reminders, they're told to fear Allah, they're told to be careful of their sins, they're told that they're doing things that are causing harm and corruption upon the earth, they turn away and they only become more obstinate and arrogant. Allah says in verse number 206, when he is told, beware of Allah, meaning be mindful of Allah, ittaqillah, fear Allah Azza wa Jal. You're doing evil, you're doing sin, you're causing that sin to become prevalent, you're the one who's propagating that sin and making it seem popular amongst the people. Beware of Allah, be careful of the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah says, akhadatul bil ithm. He is the one who arrogance leads him to sin. The believer is the one who when they're reminded of Allah, even if they're unable to, you know, they're not very strong in their iman, they're not going to go and do a lot of a lot of worship, or they're not necessarily inclined to go and make tawbah, because of the fear of Allah Azza wa Jal that they have in their hearts, when they're told and reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at the very least they become humble. At the very least they show a level of shame, they show a level of embarrassment that they have been caught out or they've been seen in public acting in this way. And therefore you see people sometimes like this, and that is a sign of a level of haya, of shyness, of embarrassment that they have in their heart, because they know that the actions that they're performing are wrong, that they are disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so Allah Azza wa Jal says that the believers are the ones who when they're reminded of Allah, when the verses of Allah are recited to them, when they're reminded of this is your religion, they stop and they take heed of the lessons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the reminder that Allah azza wa has given to them as the companions radiyallahu anhum ajma'in wa it is reported uh, and, and the famous khalifa and, and companion Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu is described by the other companions as being someone who was waqafan inda kitab ta'ala someone who would stop when he heard this, the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he would hear a verse of the Quran being recited and it's something which has to do with him or something which can be applied to him and his situation, he would just stop and pause. Even despite his knowledge, despite his, 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 his virtue, despite his status, despite all of the accolades that he had accumulated. 
because that is the attribute, the characteristic of the Muslim. They are humbled by the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here in verse 206, Allah Azza wa says, but these people are the exact opposite. When they're reminded of Allah, what do they become? They become even more arrogant and they indulge in even more sin. When they're told to fear Allah, they say, we do fear Allah. Or they say, don't tell me to fear Allah. Or they reply in a way as if, why don't you go and worry about yourself and leave me to worry about myself? Don't tell me to fear Allah. And this is a reaction that you will see amongst a number of people. And that is Allah Azza wa calls it, he calls it a level of arrogance. A level of being obstinate when it comes to this issue of fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Azza wa says, فَحَسْبُهُ جَهَنَّمْ so the fire of hell is enough for him. It is sufficient for him. And a dreadful resting place that this person will have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah on a number of occasions speaks about the issue of taqwa. The issue of being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've mentioned this in a number of contexts. For example, the most recent one in the last episode with regards to hajj and that being one of the major objectives and goals of performing the pilgrimage for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this verse now, we see that Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying that there are, there are those from amongst the people who don't understand the importance of the taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jalla, but rather they will do the opposite. Rather than being mindful of Allah, heeding the lessons and reminders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they turn away and they are heedless of those reminders. In verse 207, Allah Azzawajal then continues and He says, But there is also a kind of man who gives away his life to please Allah Azzawajal. He sells his life for the sake of Allah and the pleasure of Allah, and Allah is most compassionate towards His slaves. Allah says now, contrasting those people who turn away from Allah, who cause corruption upon the earth, who when they're reminded of Allah, they only increase in sin and in arrogance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, nas, But also from amongst the people are those who are believers, those who are willing to sacrifice the comforts of their life, the wealth of this dunya, the other beauties that they find within this world, they're willing to sacrifice it all for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the sifa, the attribute, the characteristic of the believer and the Muslim. That they're willing to sacrifice what is the tangible, materialistic benefits of this world. But they know that because they're finite, they know that because in the sight of Allah they are insignificant. They know that because they are a test that has been placed before them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are willing to sacrifice them for the greater reward of the akhirah for the everlasting reward that Allah Azza has prepared for those people who are willing to make this transaction, who are willing to make that difficult transaction. And we find a number of examples of this within the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. From amongst them is the hadith that we find of Anas radiallahu anhu Sahih al-Bukhari. That Abu Talha radiallahu anhu Abu Talha al-Ansari, he had a garden or a farm in Medina that was from the best of gardens. And when he heard the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, as we will come through inshallah ta'ala towards the end of the third juz in Surah Al-Imran, لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ You will never attain piety until you spend from that which you love. He gave away this farm for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that that is something which is extremely worthy. In another occasion or another incident, there was a companion by the name of Abu Dahdah who was willing to give one of the best farms that he possessed, that he owned in Medina to someone else so that he could give that land, that farm of the other man to the poor orphan person who was living, who had a farm next door to him. 
the poor orphan man or the boy who's an orphan, he has a farm. It's next door to a farm of another man. He needs something, but that man refuses, the neighbor. So Abu Dahda hears that the Prophet said that if you allow him to take something from your farm, a tree that you give to him, you will have its like in Jannah. And so if you were to give a farm, Allah will give you one in Jannah. Abu Dahda heard this and he said, O Messenger of Allah, is that only for this man specific to him or open for anyone? The Prophet replied, it's for anyone. Abu Dahda said to the man, the neighbor, I will swap with you. Give me your farm, you take mine. And Abu Dahda's farm was far better. So they agreed a swap, and then Abu Dahda gives the farm to the orphan boy. And the Prophet said, that is an amazing transaction. This is what Allah is referring to, similar things like this. And it doesn't mean that you have to give away all of your wealth or your property or your land, but you're willing to sacrifice those comforts and those leisures and those things that your heart and soul desires because you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants something which is better for you. As Allah says elsewhere in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has purchased from the believers their lives and their wealth and in return He will give to them Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore says in verse 208, that in order for you to be able to achieve this transaction, in order for you to be, be from amongst those people who are willing to sacrifice for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you must be willing to accept what is beloved to Allah azza wa jalla and accept the rulings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah azza wa jalla says in verse 208, O you who believe, enter wholeheartedly, completely into submission to Allah Azza wa Jal and do not follow the footsteps of shaitan for indeed he is your sworn enemy. Allah Azza wa Jal says that in order for you to be able to accept this or achieve this, you must be from amongst those people who enter into all of Islam completely and wholeheartedly submitting fully to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can you make a transaction, the transaction that Allah Azza wa Jal wants from you, that you sacrifice for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, you sacrifice in order to attain Allah's pleasure and reward, and you're not willing to wake up for Fajr, you're not willing to pay your zakah, you're not willing to go and make hajj. You're not willing to do certain things that you know are obligatory upon you in this religion of Islam and stay away from certain other things that you know that Allah Azza wa has made haram and impermissible for you. If you're not willing to do that, then you can never attain that level of that transaction and willing to willingness of sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Azza wa commands here that the believers are those who fully submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They enter into Islam completely. They don't cherry pick, they don't choose, they don't look at what is convenient and leave what is inconvenient. They all believe in, this, in, in what Allah Azza wa has revealed. And it is amazing because the Sharia is within it something which tests your level of Iman and you see different levels of submission and Iman amongst people. For example, the Prophet told us وسلم, that it is from the uh, from the things or the practices of the Prophet وسلم, that he would recite over himself and he would blow and he would wipe over his body وسلم, before he would go to bed. There are certain adhkar, certain du'as that he would make. The believer is the one who even in these small issues wishes to, to attain that level of following the sunnah and example of the Prophet Yet there are other people who when it comes to bigger issues, they'd be like, why should I give my money in zakah? Why should I give my hard-earned cash away to those people who, for example, don't have money for whatever reason? It's not my responsibility to look over after them. 
people are not accepting or not willing to accept the major issues, let alone the smaller ones. Whereas other people are willing to accept Islam in its complete and full form and submit to Allah Azza wa Jal completely. Those are the people that Allah praises. Those are the people that are willing to make that transaction with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those are the people that will have the greatest and ultimate reward of Allah Azza wa Jal. As for the others, Allah Azza wa Jal warns us against that. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ الشَّيْطَانِ Don't be from amongst those who follow the footsteps of shaitan, for indeed he is your sworn enemy. Allah Azza wa Jal then continues in verse 209 and he says, فَإِن زَلَلْتُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْكُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتُ فَعْلَمُوا فَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ But if you slip back after clear proof has come to you, then beware that Allah is almighty and all wise. Meaning if after you know all of this from Allah Azza wa Jalla, and what is amazing about this religion is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not only given us a test in this life, but then he gave us the answer sheet as well. He told us that these are your tests, this is how you will fail, this is how you will pass. And he gave us the steps in order for us to be able to answer. It's like someone sitting an exam and you have the answer sheet next to you as well. So if you choose to ignore the answer sheet, if you choose to turn away from that, then you have no one to blame except for yourself. And that is why Allah Azzawajal is saying that if you choose to slip, to go back to disregard, to turn away, مِن بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْكُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ After Allah Azzawajal has sent to you clear signs, He has given to you knowledge and certainty that this is the way to salvation and the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that Allah Azzawajal is all-powerful, almighty. That Allah Azzawajal is all-wise. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can hold people to account and will hold people to account and that he can perish as he pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this verse is a warning for the people that they should be careful of disregarding the statements of Allah azza wa the guidance that Allah azza wa has given and turning away from it. Don't think that you can just turn away without any repercussions or any uh, any uh, any result, but rather that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold you to account. Allah Azza wa then says in the final verse in today's episode, in verse number 210, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هَلْ يَنظُرُونَ إِلَّا أَن يَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظُلَلٍ مِّنَ الْغَمَامِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ وَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ وَإِلَى اللَّهِ تُرْجَعُ الْأُمُورُ Are these people waiting for Allah to come to them in the shadows of the clouds together with the angels? But the matter would already have been declared by then. Indeed, all matters are brought back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This verse is another warning for those people who turn away from Allah azza wa jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking them what it is, what it is that they're waiting for. Allah says that He's given you signs and you're turning away. So what more do you want other than the signs that Allah azza wa jal has given to you? Are you waiting for Allah azza wa jal Himself to appear with all of His angels? As some of the disbelievers, as we know elsewhere in the Quran, this is what they demanded from the Prophets, and the Quraysh also demanded this from the Prophet wasallam that you bring Allah, present Him before us with all of His angels, so that we can see this sign. Allah azza wa jal is saying, is that what you're waiting for? That's what you want. But if, if Allah was to present himself with all of his angels, then no one would disbelieve. There would be no room left for a person to have iman or not have iman. There would no, no, be, be no room for someone to have uh, iman and belief in the unseen and these elements that distinguish the believers, the true sincere believers, from those people who turn away and they disbelieve. Allah says, if that is what you're waiting for, the coming of Allah and all of his angels, وَقُضِيَ الْأَمْرُ by the time that happens and all of the affair will already be decided. Because on the day that Allah Azza wa does come and the angels themselves come, 
it will be Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That will be the resurrection. And therefore, Qudhi Al-Amr. By then, everything will already have been decided and indeed to Allah Azza wa Jal to all, to all the affairs uh, return. And this shows therefore that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala holds people to account in this life and Allah Azza wa Jal will hold them to account on Yawm Al-Qiyamah as well. And with that, we come to the conclusion of today's episode. بارك الله فيكم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم